Christmas Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though. Trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize this assignment's going to wind up with me staking my life on a bluff and then finding out, much to my surprise, that I wasn't bluffing at all. Commissioner, Ruth said you wanted to see me. Steve, last night three men landed in Miami by plane. They were picked up in a limousine. The local police chased them and the car crashed, killing all three men. So what's all this got to do with us, Commissioner? One of those men was a well-known foreign agent. Oh, I see. How about the other two? The check uh, was made on their identities. Phony, both of them. Oh, you mean they were carrying phony identification papers? No, the papers were legitimate enough, but they didn't belong to the men who were carrying them. We believe those papers were stolen from U.S. citizens who were traveling abroad. And in each case... Those citizens were traveling alone and unattached. Mm. Five will get you ten that also, in each case, those U.S. citizens are dead right now. Exactly. Steve, it looks like we're up against a clever and vicious scheme to get foreign agents into the States. Yeah. They grab one of our tourists, bump him off, take his papers, and then slip one of their boys into the States with those papers. We've got to work fast. We don't know how many times they've pulled this trick so far, but we've got to keep them from continuing. Get down to Miami, Steve. Backtrack their operation until you find out who's behind it. Then smash it once and for all. Well, I said... You've got your assignment. Good luck. The National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful, two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, There you will find Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment. Well, ordinarily, there's nothing I'd like better than a trip to Miami, but from the look on the commissioner's face, I've got a strong hunch I won't be spending my time water skiing through a blue lagoon with a beautiful doll perched on my shoulder. My plane lands there on Friday morning, and I head for the immigration office. Oh, Mitchell, we've been expecting you. I've got some luggage here you might be interested in looking through. This stuff here? Yeah, just help yourself. Huh? This is the stuff that originally belonged to the tourists that we think these foreign agents murdered and then impersonated. Mm, routine stuff. Clothes, curios. Yeah. yeah, that suitcase that you're going through now belonged to a Harold Davis. Yeah, according to my information, three guys landed here in Miami and were whisked away in a limousine. Yeah, that's right. When their car crashed, they were all killed. And that's where we recovered this luggage and those identification papers. But it didn't take us long to discover that the men in the car didn't belong to this stuff. Oh. What kind of a plane did they land in? A regular passenger plane. Caribbean Airlines. From Trinidad. Mm. Hmm? Well, what is it? Hey, this picture here in the suitcase. Is this the real Davis? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Davis, all right. Or well, maybe you should say it was Davis. <laughs> Girl with him in the picture. It's not bad. Not bad at all. You say the guy who was impersonating Davis flew in from Trinidad, and Yeah, that's right. You think that this picture was taken there? I know it was. I recognize the hotel in the background. Oh. Well, in other words, this picture shows that the real Davis was in Trinidad. But the man who flew up here from Trinidad wasn't Davis. Well, that means that... That means that Trinidad is my next stop. So the trail's walking.
warming up. At this point, it looks like Trinidad is the spot where the switch has been taking place. I realize I've got to operate undercover and fast. So far, we've managed to keep that auto crash in Miami a secret, but it's only a question of time before the outfit that's running the racket finds out we're on their trail, and when they do, they'll drop their quaint little habit of bumping off tourists and concentrate on bumping off the guy who's after them, namely me. My plane lands in Trinidad the next afternoon. As usual, it's hot, but I've got an uneasy feeling that before I wind this one up, it's going to get a little hotter. I scout around to find the office of the Caribbean Airlines. Back of the counter, a tall, skinny gent is sleepily fanning himself with a travel folder. Oh, good afternoon, sir. Are you the ticket agent here? Yeah. What charming and delightful spot in the Caribbean do you want to fly to? You sound bitter. Well, this morning I didn't get a job I was counting on back in the States, and I also didn't get a raise here. Instead, I got a heat rash. I should be happy. Courage, Camille. Thanks, old man. (laughs) Now, uh... Where do you want to go, or did you just want to browse through some rare travel folders? I'm checking on a friend of mine, a guy named Harold Davis. Oh? What about him? Oh, I owe him some dough, and somebody told me he left Trinidad by plane the day before yesterday. I thought you might be able to check it for me. Okay. Oh, Davis. Davis. Uh, oh, yes, yes, sir. Uh, Harold Davis took off for Miami night before last, flight 17. Hmm. Wonder why he decided to leave here. This is something we don't ordinarily ask our customers. Well, we make the reservation in person? Oh, no, it was handled through Inter-Ocean. Inter-Ocean? Mm-hmm, travel agency here in Trinidad. I see. You uh, happen to have their address? Yeah, here's their card. It's uh, just down the street. Thanks, I... What's the matter? Uh, oh, nothing. I won't keep you up any longer. Come along. What snapped me into action is a girl walking along the sidewalk outside the airline office. I only get a brief glimpse, but it's enough to tell me that that's the same girl who posed with the real Davis in that picture I found in the suitcase. I go outside and follow her down the street. A few doors down, she turns into an office, and that's where I get my second surprise, because there's a sign on the door, Inter-Ocean Travel Agency, the outfit that's been booking passengers on Caribbean Airlines. Now I know the trail's heating up. I follow her inside. Hello. Hi. What can I do for you? Well, that's what I came in here to find out. Do you run this travel agency? Sort of. I'm Miss Gray. Susan Gray. You a tourist here? Uh, yeah, sort of. Sounds like you're a little at loose ends right now. <laughs> Matter of fact, I am. Maybe it's just that I'm running out of places to go and things to do. Can't your wife suggest something? I'm not married. I see. Traveling alone? Yeah. Well, I'd be very happy to suggest any number of interesting little side trips. Good. That is, if you're not on any fixed schedule. What I mean is, is there anyone in the States who's expecting you back at any particular time? No, I'm what you might call completely unattached. Oh, well, in that case... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I could sure use someone to show me around Trinidad, that is, if you happen to have any spare time. I think that could be arranged. Um... Steve Mitchell. Okay. Tell you what, Steve, I'll try to line up a little trip for you. Then we can talk about seeing some of the sights around Trinidad. Where can I reach you? Hispaniola Hotel. I'll be hearing from you then, Susan. Yes, you will, Steve. And very soon. I start back to my hotel. So I dangle a little alone and unattached bait in front of little Susan's nose, and she snaps it up like an underfed cobra, which is all very fine, except that what it boils down to is that I'm setting myself up as a grade A clay pigeon. Then, as I'm walking down the street, I pass a bar, and I hear a very familiar voice. I shove open the door and go in. 
It's my old friend, Lord Byron, the Calypso singer. Oh, come to the trade winds bar for your drinks. The price is right and the food is good, too. <laughs> and Lord Byron spots me at the bar and his face lights up like a neon sign. Once was a brave man, Steve Mitchell, he The best ever came to Trinidad Colony He made a friend of Lord Byron, that's me And both of us went sailing off to sea We ran into bad men in diving suits And had much trouble, you can bet your boots But when all the fighting was over and done The bad men had lost and Steve Mitchell had won Steve! Steve Mitchell. Hello, Lord Byron. Hey, look, thanks for the free publicity, but I just assumed that nobody knew I'd ever been to Trinidad before. But why, Steve? At present, I'm making like a typical tourist. Oh, you're after someone again, Steve? That's right. Why don't you give it up, Steve? Huh? Always you look for bad men. Why don't you forget it? Now, me, I'm a happy man. This is the life here. To go fish, to go sail, to lie in the sun... To be happy. That's nice work if you can get it. There is more to life than this? Well, I guess there shouldn't be, but I... Well, what's the matter, Steve? That girl who just came in. Girl? Oh, sure. She's nice looking, Steve. You want to meet her? I've already met her. Susan Gray works for a travel agency. Does she come in here often? Oh, yes. She comes in here almost every night. Uh, the tourists, she's always with them. I see. Well, that checks... Okay, I think I'll go have another talk with her. Be careful, Steve. No trouble. No trouble. Hi. Well, hello, Steve. I was just thinking about you. How was it? Hmm? Uh, thinking. Nice. When do we start seeing the town together? Tonight, maybe? Oh, I'm sorry. I have plans tonight, but we'll make it real soon. Okay. And in the meantime, I'm trying to line up a little trip you might be interested in. Oh, good evening, my dear. Oh, hello, Carlos. I do not believe I have met this man. Well, you couldn't have very well. I just met him a couple of hours ago myself. Steve Mitchell, Carlos Gelder. Hello. This man is perhaps bothering you, my dear? Of course not. He seems to be presuming upon a very short acquaintance. Look, Buster, is there any law against talking to a girl in a bar? In this particular part of the world, there uh, are many unwritten laws covering various subjects. Oh, what subjects, for instance? For instance, you. Carlos, please. Just a minute, Susan. Okay, Gelder. Just what are those unwritten laws covering me? The same which apply to anyone who seeks to tread on forbidden ground. I could take that either of two ways. You may choose whichever you like, but just be certain that you do take it. Okay, for the time being. And I can assure you I am not talking in terms of the time being. Yeah, yeah. See you later, kid. Steve, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get in touch with you later. Oh, Steve, she's a popular young lady. Too popular, Lord Byron. Who's that little gent in the white suit I was just exchanging gay repartee with? Oh, he's a bad man, Steve. Stay away from him. Oh? Carlos Gelda. He's a very powerful man. What's he do? No one knows. But in Trinidad, his name means trouble. I see. He and Susan seem pretty thick. One trouble plus one trouble. He's double trouble. Hey, wait a minute. They're leaving together. No, Steve. Yeah, yeah, I know. No trouble. See you later, Lord Byron. <laughs> By the time I get outside, Susan and Gelder are nowhere in sight. I start along the sidewalk, and suddenly there's a guy walking beside me. A grinning native, I speed up. 
He stays with me. I stop. He throws a shoulder at me and sends me lurching into the alley. I whirl around. There's another guy in the alley waiting for me, also with a big grin on his face. And in his hand is a wicked-looking knife with a spring blade. He edges towards me quietly. The knife held low and pointing up. The first guy is somewhere behind me. I flatten myself against the wall and wait, watching the knifer's eyes. He starts to jab. I swing my butt. The knife goes flying, but the guy just keeps grinning and moving in. I dive to the end of the valley, but the first guy jumps on me. I give him a left, but too late. They're both swarming all over me. One of them pins my arms. The other starts working me over. He was doing a good job on me. Body punches enough to hurt, but not enough to knock me out. After what seems like an hour, I guess he gets tired. He winds up and lets fly with one to my face. And that does it. Here's a word about another NBC Chime favorite returning to the air this fall. It's Chester A. Riley, played by William Bendix in the hilarious Life of Riley. Riley will be back over most of these stations just one week from today. Chester may not be the combination of lady killer, star athlete, and mental giant he thinks he is, but Mom, Babs, and Junior love him anyway. And you love them all, even the friendly undertaker, Digger O'Dell, when the Life of Riley returns just one week from tonight. The Chimes are your invitation. Now, back to Dangerous Assignment and Steve Mitchell. Steve, Steve. Oh. Steve. Come on, Steve. Steve. Uh, oh, Lord Byron. What happened, Steve? Oh, I wasn't playing tic-tac-toe. I don't know. Steve, it's no good. Someone was giving you a warning. Oh, come on back into the bar with me. I could use a drink along about now. Look, did Susan and Gelder come back into the bar after I left? No, I, I didn't see them. Steve, mm. Lord Byron is your friend. He gave you good advice. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's trouble. <laughs> I'm afraid it's a little late in the game to back out now. Come on, let's go on over to the bar. head out and says, now get this. He says, okay, wise guy, how are you going to get back? <laughs> yeah. Don't you get it? How are you going to get back? <laughs> yeah. That's the trouble. You guys just don't appreciate a good American joke. Scotch and soda, bartender. Hey, another American. Huh? Oh, yeah, another American. Clay's the name, friend. Abner H. Clay. Put her there. Hi. Mitchell's mine. Here, let me buy you a drink. Thanks, but I... Uh... I insist, friend, I insist. Okay, thanks. Well, 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 well. It sure is good to run into another traveler from the blessed land. Huh? Uh, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, friend. I'm having a whale of a lot of fun on this trip, but I just haven't seen anything that compares with a little old hometown... Good old Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, sir. Say, say, I got a great idea. Why don't you and me do this town up together? Thanks a lot, but no thanks. Oh, come on. Say, I can show you places you never even dreamed about. And girls? <laughs> I suppose you've even got a chicken inspector badge, too, huh? Uh, what? Skip it. Oh, uh, come on, friend. Let's make a night of it, huh? What do you say? After all, it's my last night here for a few days. I want to make the most of it. What do you mean, your last night? Well, 
Gonna take a little boat trip around the island. We shove off first thing in the morning. We? Uh, just small party. About three others, I think. Just a minute. Are you, by any chance, traveling alone, Clay? Alone? I sure am. You know, tell you how it happened. I was sitting there in my office in Milwaukee three months ago, and I suddenly said to myself, Abner, my boy, what you need is a vacation. So, here I am. I see. And this little boat trip you're leaving on in the morning, mind telling me who arranged that for you? Not at all, my friend. Inter-Ocean Travel Agency, right here in town. Hey, there's a little lady there who is just... Uh, Susan? Yes. You know her? Slightly. Oh, she's sure been mighty sweet to me. I don't doubt it. Oh, come on, friend. Why don't you change your mind and make the rounds with me tonight? I just did change my mind. Let's go, friend. Someplace, huh, Steve? Well, it looks about the same as the last five bars we've been in, Clay. Look, this boat trip you're taking in the morning. Yeah? They told you where you're going? Oh, they said we'd poke around a few little islands in the out-of-the-way places. Uh-huh. I suppose you're taking all your luggage and papers with you. Well, that's right. Matter of fact, they told us to be sure and bring them. Oh, well, they said we might stay longer than we expected if found places we like. I see. Look, Clay, I but what's the matter, friend? Somebody just walked in. Huh? Oh, but, oh, it's Susan. Hey, Mitchell, I got a great idea. Why don't you come along on this trip, huh? Well, I don't know. It's pretty short notice. Well, uh, Susan, Susan. Hmm? Oh, well, it's Mr. Clay and Steve. Hello, Susan. I'm glad I ran into you again. Uh, where's your boyfriend, Gelder? Oh, we had a quarrel. I'm awfully sorry about that scene he caused at the Tradewinds Bar. I collected a few lumps in an alley right after that. What? But I don't suppose you or Gelder would know anything about that. Of course not. I, I don't understand, Steve. I'll skip it. Uh, say, Susan, I just had me a great idea. What is it, Mr. Clay? Well, Steve and me, we gotten to be old buddies, and I was wondering, why couldn't he go along on this boat trip in the morning? I was working on a trip for Steve a little later on. I I'm afraid the one tomorrow is pretty well booked up. Oh, well, I'll bet you could change that little lady. Yeah. Now, couldn't you? Well, I suppose I could make some last-minute arrangements. I'd sure appreciate it. All right. There. There, that's my girl. That's my girl, all right. Yeah, how about that, Steve? Uh, Isn't yeah. that swell? Yeah, yeah. All right, now I'll tell you what. Meet me down at the dock at 7 tomorrow morning, okay? All right, Clay, I'll be there. turning out a little differently than I'd bargained for. I'd figured on having more time to find out a few things about the Inter-Ocean Travel Agency before I took one of their little trips. But now here I am scheduled to sail in the morning. I'm not sure I like it, but I don't have any choice. To back out would probably arouse their suspicions, and besides, it look like, looks like I'm stuck playing nursemaid to the happy American tourist, Clay, who's looking for all the world like the pigeon of the same name right now. The next morning, I take my luggage down to the dock at 7 o'clock. Susan and Clay are already there beside a small motor launch. Morning, Mitchell. Hi. Come on board, Steve. Okay. Well, where are all the other passengers? They should be along any minute. How many are there? Three. Well, great morning for a trip, huh? Yeah, but how about this boat? It doesn't seem to look big enough for much cruising. Oh, this is just a launch that'll take you to an island down the coast away. You'll pick up the cruise boat there. I see. Oh, here comes one of the other passengers now. Uh, no, no, I guess it isn't. Hey, it's that Calypso singer. Huh? 
Hey, Lord Byron. Oh, Steve. Uh, What's the matter, Lord Byron? Uh, nothing, nothing. I came down to give you a goodbye serenade. Oh? Well, you really get service, Steve. Yeah, so it seems. Now, where else could you find atmosphere like this, huh, friend? Okay, let her go, Lord Byron. Steve Mitchell came down to Trinidad And met a girl who soon made him glad She worked for a travel agency And arranged little trips for a modest fee Well, thanks for the plug Then Steve met a tourist in the bar last night Who took him around and showed him the sights But poor Steve Mitchell, he doesn't see That the tourist owns a travel agency Well, uh, a happy trip, Steve Lord Byron, come on back here. But you see, I, I've got to... You're not going anywhere, friend. Come on, Why? get in the boat. Move. Very well. Well, thanks for the try anyway, Lord Byron. Sure, Steve. Okay, Susan, shove off. What about the other passengers? We can't wait for them now. We'll take care of these two birds first and then come back with the others. Get going. All right. You've been the big boy in this deal all along, Byron. I sure have, friend. Well, I guess congratulations are in order. That's quite an act you put on being the great American tourist. Not bad at all, is it? And with Susan giving them the come on, I don't suppose you have much trouble getting all the unsuspecting tourists you need. We haven't had much trouble so far, and that's the way we're going to keep it. Do you mind telling me where we're going? Not at all, friend. Tobago Island, a little way down the coast. But you know, it really shouldn't matter much to you where you're going. Because I'll tell you something. You and Lord Byron aren't coming back. Even Lord Byron got big troubles now. They're locked up in the cabin of a little scow. The bad man tell them they're holding the sack. They go to an island, but they don't come back. Hey, look, will you lay off? It's bad enough being cooped up in here waiting for the axe without you making a musical comedy of it. All right, Steve. But why is he taking us to Tobago Island? That's probably where his agents are hiding out, waiting. It's probably also the tourist graveyard. Incidentally, where is Tobago Island? We've been cruising about two hours. There's another hour left to go. Well, I... Wait a minute. We're turning and slowing up. I'm going to take a look out the portal. Hey, I thought you said there was another hour to Tobago Island. That's right, Steve. Well, don't look now, but there's a little island right in front of us. What? Yeah, and we're heading toward what looks like a little abandoned dock. Let, let me see. Huh. It's not Tobago Island. San Miguel. wonder why the switch. Are you familiar with this island? Sure, Steve. Deserted island. I was here once. All right, friend. I'll undeck. I thought you said we were going to Tobago Island, Clay. We were. But Susan and I got to figuring. Maybe you were a little wiser to our operation than you've been letting on. I still don't get you, Clay. Maybe you already knew Tobago Island was our rendezvous point. Maybe before you came down to the dock this morning, you arranged to have a little help show up there. All right, come on ashore. Seems to me you're giving me a lot of credit, Clay. Well, I figure it's always safer to overestimate the opposition than underestimate them. For Susan, I spotted this little deserted island and figured it'd be a convenient place to stop for a while. I will lead the way. There, there is no trail. All right, just don't get too, too far ahead of us. 
You've got the whole deal figured out, haven't you? I sure have, friend. Look, it seems to me you're taking care of Lord Byron and me the hard way. You could have tied us up and thrown us overboard. No. There's always the chance your bodies would start drifting around and be discovered. Much better to have you safely buried in the ground. I see. Just like you did with the other tourists, huh? <laughs> you catch on quick, Mitchell. This thunderbrush is pretty thick. Follow closely in my tracks and you will have no trouble. Hey, he's an obliging guy all of a sudden, isn't he? Yeah, I don't get it. Well, here's a little clearing. Yes, this is where we stop. All right, it's as good as any. So this is the last stop, huh? For you and Lord Byron. For all of us. What do you mean? This San Miguel Islands is a very bad place. What are you talking about? Steve, you've heard the legend of San Miguel, haven't you? Legend of it? Oh, yeah, why, sure, sure. It's supposed to be a pretty bad place, isn't it? Yes, a very bad place. Look, bluffing's not going to do you two any good now. It's no bluff. I will tell you the story of San Miguel. Oh, once came a man to this island here. He built a house and he built a pier. Then he walked into this jungle so nice and green. And never anymore was he seen. Look. What are you giving us, anyway? It's the truth, Susan. I remember it all now. The ground opened up and down he went. The earth closed over him without a dent. But on some night you can still hear him say, From San Miguel Island, stay away. All right, all right, that's enough of your silly song. It's not a silly song, Clay, it's truth. All over the island, quicksand. Quicksand? Sure, that's it, quicksand. The whole place is quicksand under it. Every once in a while, the crust over it collapses. All right. I said cut out the fairy tale. It's no fairy tale. Look, Lord Byron's the only one who knows where to walk safely. You kill us and you'll never make it back to the beach. Clay, what if he's telling the truth? Ah, they're not telling the truth. I tell you, they're bluffing. Oh, what was that? Probably a hunk of ground collapsing. Shut up, Mitchell. It's just an animal of some kind. Was it? There it is again. Where did it come from? Came from right over there. Thanks for turning your head away. Let go of me, Mitchell. Drop that gun before I break your arm. So, the quicksand story was a bluff. Sure, it worked. Lord Byron sharpened. I figured now. Drop that gun. That's better. I'll get it. Oh, no, Susan. I'll take the gun. Clay, come back here. Let him go, Steve. Let him go, are you crazy? Clay! Now he's out of sight. You will not go far, Steve. What? What happened? Don't move anyone. But what happened to Clay? He's gone. Quicksand. Huh? Quicksand, but I thought... I was telling the truth. It's San Miguel, very bad place. Oh, brother. All this time I thought we were just bluffing. Come on, let's get out of here. Lord Byron, very happy to do just that. Look, you can't leave me here. Don't worry, you've got a date with a jail, Susan, and I imagine the Harbor Patrol will be happy to head for Tobago Island to pick up Clay's voice. Well, uh, let's... Go back to the beach, Steve. Okay, but just one thing now. Oh, Steve's friend, Lord Byron, has saved the day. And under the quicksand, you'll find clay. Now, two more words, and then I'm through. My dear Lord Byron, after you.
Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian Jandot, with music by Basil Adlam, and is produced and directed by Bill Karn. Be with us again next week at this time, when Brian Donlevy, starring as Steve Mitchell, will embark on another Dangerous Assignment. Chimes mean good times on NBC. Saturday night chimes mean Dennis Day and Judy Canova. Dennis Day will be back on Saturday, October 7th, just one week from tomorrow, with more songs and merry, mischievous mix-ups. The Judy Canova show returns on the same day. And when Judy and her pals get together, it's 30 minutes of mountain-style music and mayhem. The chimes are your invitation to Dennis Day and Judy Canova. And now, stay tuned for Dimension X on NBC.